Hello there, and thanks for joining me today on the podcast. This is a two-part series, and I'd like to introduce the general topic of the next generation. What's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to our children as they move on forward in their life and then create the next generation? You know, it's often been said good parents have good children. In the same way, it's often been said, as one generation goes, so goes the next. Well, there's a lot of truth to both of those statements. Good parents tend to have good children, however you define the word good. But certainly parents set the pace and set the tone and set the example for their children to follow. And there's a high degree of correlation between how a child behaves and the behavior of that child's parents lived out before them. In other words, there's an example, there's a model, there's a pattern of life set forth on the plate before a child. And the child and children tend to follow what's on that plate. Now, certainly they have deviances and variations, and they might refer to it even as a variation of the theme. But generally speaking, within the context of a child's life, it's largely shaped by the behavior patterns modeled before them by their parents, the values of the parents lived out before them, the attitudes, the moods, the lifestyle, decision-making, choices, patterns of life. Now, the phrase, one generation goes, so goes the next, is largely true also. We have patterns in life. You live within an alcoholic family, there's a great tendency that the next generation will follow an alcoholic pattern of life as well. Maybe not to the same degree, but maybe sometime less and sometime even more so. The drug-addicted lifestyle in a family, in generation, so it tends to be the pattern. Not that these behavior patterns are genetic, but that they're lived out as an example of life, an example of how to live, good or bad. And the children tend to pick that up and then carry that on you know, to the next generation. Families that have deep, deep personal religious faith and exercise and live it out constantly and consistently and positively before their children, so their children live accordingly. And they also tend to have a deep personal faith in their own life and carry that on into their next you know, generation. So in other words, it's true. Generations kind of set the pattern for the next generation. Although we have to recognize that there are variations along the way. Some children are raised within a dysfunctional home where decision-making is chaotic and roles are mixed up and uh, uh, the way people make decisions and treat each other and and uh, relate to each other and hurt each other and shed pain with upon each other sometimes just is carried on in the next generation children raised in families that do not talk do not communicate tend to carry that on into the next generation in the same way that parents uh, that are very functional and very positive in their lifestyle very healthy tend to raise children in a similar way in their values and their behavior patterns and the way that they treat people. 
Now, when it comes to influence, you know, kids are not under the sole influence of their parents. You have to remember that. Parents are one source of influence for the children. Now, primary, it's a primary source, it's a major source, but it's not the only source of influence upon children. So children receive an influence by a wide variety of sources. They pull that together, they blend that together, they melt the influence from all these different places together and then create a lifestyle. So it isn't just up to the parents. The children are exposed to all kinds of situations. And as parents, you want your children to be exposed to certain kinds of situations. There are certain situations you don't want your kids to be exposed to. So what are all these influences? Well, let me give you a list. And it almost follows in line of priority and are the degree of impact upon the life of a child. Obviously, the child's own personal self-identity and makeup, own personality patterns, his own uh, innate uh, way of thinking and reacting and responding uh, to situations, own emotionality, that's kind of brought about through birth and through a genetic pattern to a large degree. So there's that factor, what the child himself or herself brings to life and to the lifestyle of that person. Secondly, obviously you have the parents and you have set parents. Thirdly, you have what we call the extended family members, parents and grandparents, and uncles and aunts and extended aunts and uncles. You know, and, and you go on down the line, cousins, and this extended family, you know, can be good or bad, obviously. Friends, however, the next source, that's the fourth source of influence upon the child. The child's friends, the friends of the parents, have a great impact upon your own children. So who you put your children in front of makes a big difference. If you have great friends and you want your friends to be an influence on your children, make sure your children have contact with your friends. If you have friends that you don't want your children to be uh, looking at and follow their life after, then keep those friends away. What about secondary parents? Well, secondary parents are kind of like uh, the parents of friends. You know, maybe uh, a neighbor that is like a babysitter or somebody that has a major impact upon your child because of the care needs that you have during life for that child. Kind of a uh, nanny or you know some type of secondary parent. Major, major impact upon the child. Then we come down to ministers and uh, neighbors and uh, just people of influence upon your children and upon you. That's the next level. The next level is media, print, the technology that our kids are exposed to. Big impact upon their life and their attitudes and their values. So that's a huge one. Movies and videos and different kinds of uh, media that they're exposed to. That And the music, big deal. That influences attitudes and values that are uh, learned and acquired you know, by the children. Number eight is social, cultural, and political influences. People who are in the public arena politically and culturally and socially have an influence upon your children when they speak and when your children listen to them and when they hear different kind of political uh, activities that are going on, particularly now when parents are exposing their children to riots and to uh, protests and things like that. They're putting that child into a major influence 
in that social, political, and cultural world. Number ten, or number nine, is churches and clubs and organizations. It's the groups that impact your children. Often you put your children in touch with those kinds of organizations and clubs. And of course, number ten is just random acts. It's things that happen to a child randomly, the experience that they have and what they've heard and what they see on television or in a movie somewhere or from another third person or, you know, whatever it might be. But these are the ten areas of influence upon your child in that kind of order almost. So what I'm saying here is that parents have a major impact. They have probably the highest impact on the life of a child, the most profound impact on the life of a child. So whatever happens to your child is largely a result of the parenting that you put before them and the lessons that you taught them is through, through your own parenting lifestyle and teaching. And we move down through all these other sources of influence. You know, if you think of it in kind of like an orchestra, you know, that's kind of a way to kind of pull this all together and help you understand it. That's the analogy of an orchestra. Without a skilled and well-tuned conductor, that's the parent, an orchestra will go awry. Such an orchestra will sound dissonant and produce an unpleasant experience for any audience. However, with a well-trained and intended or intentional conductor, shaping the unique and quality sounds of every section and every instrument of the orchestra raises the level of beauty of that orchestra and enhances listening experiences on the people who listen in the audience. That's the world. That's the social influence of you as a family and your child. And family life, for example, is one small orchestra playing in dissonance or playing harmoniously for the whole world to hear. You see, that's really kind of what it is. The parent is the orchestra conductor. And all these influences, that parent allows a little bit and holds some back. Keeps some very soft and keeps some very pronounced and very profound. More of one and less of another. More of other one and less of another. And so on. Throughout the lifestyle of a child, if you just think of that orchestra pulling together a family life of influence... And all these, you can't deny these influences. You can't stop them totally. You can't silence them totally. But you can orchestrate how much they play and how loudly they play into the life of your child. Now, given that background, I'd like you to consider some of the guidelines for parenting. I call these the parenting manifesto or the parent manifesto. And uh, I'm going to go through just a few of them today, and then on part two, we'll do another aspect of this. But uh, consider this as the parent merit manifesto. If you're a parent, think about it, okay? First of all, parents must recognize that they have an enormous amount of control over their child, but they don't have total control. There are some things a parent cannot prevent from happening or cannot prevent from taking place in the life of their children. Parents must control what they can and do a reasonable job at it. That's number one, okay? In other words, parents have a profound impact, but not total. Here's the second point of the parent manifesto. Parents must live an exemplary life and a consistent life before their children. 
so that their children will have a systematic model of what behavior patterns are encouraged and what behavior patterns are discouraged. In other words, loud and clear, the parent lives in front of the child, but should be consistent. Because the more consistent, the more that family and that child will follow the life and the lifestyle of the parent. Here's the third point in the manifesto. Parents are to teach and instruct their children in the ways that they shall go. That as they increase in age, they will have a value-based foundation on which to build their adult life. You see, you start by teaching the child the, what is right and what is wrong and the way that they, you want them to go and how you want them to live their life and how you would hope that they would live their life. You give them the values, you give them the, the things that are important on which to make decisions and the guidelines for their life. And you hope that this will be what they will follow and utilize as they live their life on into their adult years. And they're more likely to be, if you're a teaching parent, a teaching parent, not just an apparent, but a teaching parent, more likely your child will follow that teaching instruction and the pattern that you've laid down for them. Here's number four of the manifesto. Parents are to encourage and support their children in reaching out and participating in wholesome, healthy, and uplifting activities beyond the family. In other words, the parents are to introduce their children to ways in which they can help their community, serve their community, ways they can help at school and serve their school, ways they can help their peers and serve their peers. In other words, what are the wholesome and healthy and uplifting activities that a child can engage in. Well, that's what the family's job is, to kind of bring the child along and become part of that kind of a mindset, part of an activity level. As the parents do it, so will the children. And then the children do it, so they will live as an adult. So reaching out into the community, reaching out into the world, reaching out into the culture. Even going in, on trips across the country and across the world into other countries, as parents introduce their children in situations like that, those children will gain from it and will live a much healthier life because they've seen life now in a broader context. And here's number five of the manifesto, okay? Parents are to engage in intentional and intense prayer for their children, including their friendships, their decision-making, their social involvements, and ultimately their future career, and their future mate. I know one family whose grandparents prayed for their grandchildren, all 18 of them, daily by name. They would go through the list every day of their grandchildren, all 18 of them, prayed for them by name. I know another person who goes to the gym, and every day he's in the gym, he, on a particular piece of equipment, he takes his time and prays for his children by name. You see, you can do it while you do other things. It doesn't matter of stopping life and then engaging in some activities such as prayer. You can incorporate that into your life. But the important thing is that you pray, you give thought to your children by name. 
and their future and their decision making and their mates and their careers and lifestyle and choices and friendships and so on. You know, you're not alone in this thing. You're not powerless in this thing. You can draw upon a much higher power than maybe sometimes you think of or would do otherwise. So there you are. That's the Parent Manifesto. I only went through five. I'm going to go through it now. We're going to do part two in a day or two. And we'll look at part two of the Parent Manifesto. But for today, that's the first half of the Parent Manifesto. Realizing that as a parent, you have enormous power, enormous influence, but you don't have total influence. And that other part of the influence is spread out among eight or nine or ten different sources of influence, people of influence. And your job as a parent is to orchestrate that, to make sure that it sounds good, to make sure it comes together right, makes come together so that the world enjoys your family, enjoys your children, and does not receive a dissonant message that would drive them away. Anyway, nice to have you with me today on the podcast. I'd like to just uh, bring to your attention one of the sponsors of the podcast, and that is the Fresno Rescue Mission. Now, they have a lot of programs, but the program I would specifically refer you to is what is called Rescue the Children. They have a motel downtown that they bought and then converted it into small apartments for mothers and children. Mothers in distress, children in distress, giving them a place to reorganize and recoup and come together and build a bond and then improve their lifestyle and then move out into the community as an independent family. So Rescue the Children is a program of the Fresno Rescue Mission. I would encourage you, if you have an interest in children, have interest in the homeless children, the homeless mothers with children, contact the Rescue Mission. They'll let you know how you can be of help. You might want to volunteer down there. They need it. But give them some bucks, okay? Send them some dollars. These kind of programs survive and run on the dollars that you donate. They depend on it. So loosen up a bit. Send them a check and call it Rescue the Children. And that money will go for that purpose, for that program, and you'll know that you're doing something good beyond yourself. Ask your children to collect all the change that they come up with and the little sources of money that they can come up with and contribute. And as a family, send a check as a family. Do something like that. It would be a nice activity for all of you. Anyway, nice to have you with me. Podcast and... uh, my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Go to it and check it out. I have a new blog. I'm starting a new blog, so you'll find it on my website. And uh, you can have access to my television program, Dr. Teach Me to Parent, by just going to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Okay, bye for now.